You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From Welcome to the May 2021 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. My name is Joe. I'm one of the librarians in our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and I thank you for tuning in, dear listener. Coming up in this episode, Katie will tell us about some of the most eagerly awaited books coming out in the month of May. Archana and Jessica will each tell us about some exciting programs on our May calendar. And in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we'll all share what books and music we feel have been especially beneficial for our own psychological well-being. But first, I'm happy to say that the Livingston Public Library has recently unveiled our new indie collection. That is, books from independent publishers, small presses, and even self-published authors. The collection is something that Katie, Jessica, and I have been wanting to include here at the library for quite some time, and I'm so glad it's finally a reality. And of course, much thanks to Katie and Jessica for all their work in making that happen. Some of our favorite books have come from independent publishers or self-published writers, and we're so thrilled that now we can share some of those books and many other books like it with the rest of the Livingston Library community. I actually worked in independent publishing for a number of years before I started working here at the LPL. I edited and published a literary magazine of poetry and short fiction, which also hosted monthly readings at a very cool bar in Brooklyn called Pacific Standard, which sadly went out of business around the same time our magazine did. And in that time, I had the honor to publish and or work with dozens and dozens of hugely talented writers, some of who also wrote books that are amazing and which I love, though I did not publish them myself. And some of those books are now available to check out from the Livingston Library. A couple of those books I think would especially be of interest to readers from the great state of New Jersey. Of course, one of New Jersey's favorite native sons is Bruce Springsteen, and back in 2016, a writer named Devin Kelly wrote a book of poems called Blood on Blood, where all the poems are inspired by Springsteen's 1982 album, Nebraska. If you're familiar with that album, you know it can be pretty bleak, even dark at times. And while the poems in Blood on Blood can get kind of bleak and dark too, like Bruce Springsteen, Devin Kelly has a true flair for painting the bleakness and darkness with streaks of incredible beauty. Poet Bianca Stone says Blood on Blood is, quote, a striking vision of Springsteen's iconic Nebraska. Devin Kelly's Blood on Blood is a great example of the potential of the ekphrastic form communicating so deeply with another work of art that a whole new work and world springs forth. Stretching beyond the songs, the poems spread wide their lyric virtuosity, exploring the beautiful, tragic, and tender American condition." End quote. And I'd like to read one of my personal favorite poems from Devin's book. It's called 
Nebraska. It was originally published by Brad Listy's online magazine, The Nervous Breakdown, and it goes like this. If you know a quiet that sings the song of footsteps, if you know an open window is an invitation to trespass on another home's scent, if you know the lesson of the Bible that says the man who holds the taste of blood in his mouth is the one who holds the truth, if you know tall grass from wheat, a cow's low and gentle moan from the soft howl of a coyote, if you know the stars and try each night to count them, if you know flank from shoulder blade, when to rub dry and when to slather with sauce, if you know how to cherish your own shadow and have already given it a name and a soul, If you know your mother's voice from a distance, if you know the nothing that exists between miles, if you know what your dreams mean, and if you keep a record of them by your bed, if you know someone just isn't coming back, if you tried and then given up, if you know one song that keeps returning to your head, if you sing it in the shower, if you think someone is listening, if you are sometimes scared of everything, If you've been in love before, if you read novels sprawled out in the back seat of your parents' car, if some days you prefer to watch the clouds, if you feel all right alone, if you want to meet someone who feels all right alone with you. Devin Kelly's Blood on Blood, which again is available in the Livingston Library's new indie collection, was published in 2016 by a small independent press called Unknown Press, and Unknown Press was run by another excellent writer named Bud Smith, who also happens to be a New Jersey native and currently lives in Jersey City. Over the years, Bud has had his short fiction and poetry published in far too many publications to name right now, but last summer, one of his stories made it all the way to the esteemed pages of the Paris Review. Bud has also written a number of great books, and probably my favorite of all of them is his novel called F-250. It was published in 2014 by a small press called Piscataway House, and maybe the reason it's my favorite Bud Smith novel is because it resonates so deeply with me and reminds me a lot of my early 20s, playing in bands and partying and trying to figure out adulthood without making too much of a mess. It's the story of a guy named Lee Casey, who plays guitar in a noise band called Ottermeat on the verge of leaving its home in New Jersey in hopes of somehow making it in Los Angeles. For now, Lee is squatting in a dilapidated house and working off the books as a stonemason. He drives a pickup truck. He crashes into everything and everyone. As a close friend overdoses in his sleep, Lee begins a strange relationship with two college girls, June Doom and Kay Neon. F-250 is a novel as equally about growing up as it is about being torn apart. And that's just uh, the publisher's summary of the book, but uh, here's some are uh, here's what some other great writers and publications have had to say about the book. Scott McClanahan said, Buzz, Bud Smith is a great writer. F-250 is full of Jaeger shots, blood, BMW hatred, and people with their faces ripped off. Uh, large-hearted boy said, Bud Smith's F-250 is a poetic and powerful novel of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Ben Lurie, author of Stories for Nighttime and Some for the Day, said, Bud Smith is Nick Hornby if you strapped him to a Tesla coil and hurled him into a sun made of poetry. 
The Rumpus said, The working class romance in F-250 is hard to miss. With the drug addiction, home eviction, and random violence, the abyss the music is meant to hold off, at least for the length of a song. Sarah Lippman, author of Doll Palace, said, The book is whip-smart and wise, irreverent, and laugh-out-loud funny. And Volume 1 Brooklyn said, Smith creates a stunning world where dualities crash and burn. Again, Bud Smith's novel F-250 is part of our new indie collection here at the Livingston Public Library. You can find this collection in the area by the new nonfiction books near the fireplace, nestled between travel and graphic novels. And of course, Blood on Blood and F-250 are just two of the books you'll find in this collection. We'll spotlight other titles here on the podcast, also on our blog and on our YouTube channel soon. But in the meantime, if you like independent literature, stop by the library and check out what we got, won't you? And now to tell us about some of the programs coming up on our May calendar, here's Archana. Hello, podcast listeners. This is librarian Archana, and I'm very excited to introduce a couple of our virtual adult programs for the month of May. We open with a program called Beatrix Potter's Gardening Life on the evening of May 3rd, starting at 7 p.m. Helen Beatrix Potter was an English writer, illustrator, natural scientist, and conservationist who was best known for her children's books featuring animals such as those in the tale of Peter Rabbit. When we think of Beatrix Potter, we imagine blue-jacketed bunnies and other fuzzy fauna. But Potter, an intriguing character in her own right, was also quite interested in plants and gardens. Her classic characters exist in a charmed world filled with flowers and gardens, a world born of Potter's own passion for nature. This virtual lecture by horticulturalist, lecturer and author Marta McDowell explores Potter's botanical art, the flora and horticulture that appears in her little books, and Potter's own garden in England's Lake District. It is based on McDowell's engaging and delightfully illustrated book, Beatrix Potter's Gardening Life, the plants and places that inspired the classic children's tales, in which she traces the development and eventual blossoming of Potter's life as a gardener from her childhood interest in plants through her realization as an artist and author, to her final years as an estate farmer and naturalist. On the evening of May 10th at 7pm, we present Stitches in Time, Three Centuries of Hemlines, Necklines and Everything in Between. Now, Liberty Hall Museum is a historic house. It's a garden museum located in Union, New Jersey. It was the historic residence of William Livingston, the first governor of New Jersey and then was the home of six generations of the Kane family. As each new generation of Canes moved into the home, the previous generation left behind their possessions, including china dishes, diaries, furniture, jewellery, and their clothing. Using Liberty Hall's extensive fashion and textile collection, this virtual program by a museum educator explores American fashion and fashion trends between the 1700s and the 1950s. Presented will be images of the textiles, the people who owned them, and the home itself that helps facilitate the story of fashion over three centuries. Learn how Queen Victoria influenced the dresses worn by American women. Discover how colonial-era fashion trends made a reappearance in the 1950s. Explore vintage fashion accessories and essentials, including Victorian-era undergarments, beaded shoes and ostrich feather hats, and have an up-close and personal experience with the extravagant and rarely seen textile collection at Liberty Hall. It promises to be a journey through fashion like no other. 
Thank you, and I'll be back with two other programs for May. Thank you, Archana. Uh, so we will hear more from Archana a little later, but first, here's the head of our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, Katie, to tell us about some of the most anticipated reads coming our way in May. Hello, podcast listeners. Happy May to all. Summer is right around the corner, and the weather is warm and sunny. Reserve the following books online at www.livingstonlibrary.org or via Libby or Overdrive. The first book on the list is on May 4th, The Newcomer by Mary Kay Andrews, which is contemporary fiction. After her sister is murdered, Letty Carnahan goes on the run with her four-year-old niece to Florida's Gulf Coast, where she is taken in by a hotel owner and her cynical son, a police detective, who believes she is a danger to them all. Next up, we have Sorrowland by River Solomon, which is gothic on May 4th. Fleeing from the strict religious compound where she was raised, Vern, in the safety of the forest, gives birth to twins, and to keep her small family safe, unleashes incredible brutality far beyond what a person should be capable of. Tiny Tales by Alexandra McCall Smith is short stories, also on May 4th. The beloved author of the number one ladies detective agency offers a collection of very short fiction and comics that celebrate the joy and absurdity of the human experience. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir is science fiction on May 4th, which is going to be a very big release. The sole survivor on a desperate, less chance mission to save both humanity and the earth, Ryland Grace is hurled into the depths of space when he must conquer an extinction level threat to our species. On May 11th, the thriller While Justice Sleeps by Stacey Abrams. Plunged into an explosive role she never anticipated, Avery Keene, now the legal guardian of power of attorney for the legendary Justice Howard Wynn, must unravel the clues he left behind in regards to a dangerous conspiracy that has infiltrated the highest power corridors of Washington. Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty by Lauren Weisberger, which is contemporary on May 11th, is when her husband is arrested in an Ivy League admission sting, jeopardizing everything she worked so hard for. Peyton, co-anchor of a hit morning show, soon discovers that this is not the worst of it, as dark secrets in their posh world come to light. Freedom by Sebastian Younger, a social science book out on May 18th. Intricately crafted and thought-provoking, the author, ruminating on the concept of freedom, shares his journey walking the railroad lines of the East Coast with three friends as an experiment in personal autonomy, but also in interdependence. And lastly, on May 25th, we have a biography, My Remarkable Journey by Katherine Johnson. In this extraordinary memoir, the woman at the heart of the smash New York Times bestseller and Oscar-winning film of Hidden Figures shares her personal journey from child prodigy in the Allegheny Mountains of West Virginia to NASA Human Computer. Hopefully you find something that interests you on this list and you check it out and please let us know what you're reading. See you next month. Thank you, Katie. So if you didn't already know, May also happens to be Mental Health Awareness Month. And with that in mind, I thought I would ask the podcast crew if there were any books or music that they found have been especially helpful for their mental health. And here's what they had to say, starting with Jessica. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and books are a big part of how I practice self-care for my mental health. 
When I read, I mainly read to escape. I enjoy stories that pull me in and leave me immersed within the lives of the characters. There's a few authors that successfully pull me in without a fail, and I thought that I would share them with you today. The first author is Colleen Hoover. Her books may sometimes make me cry, but I get so wrapped up in her storylines that I really have a hard time putting them down. I can binge read a Colleen Hoover novel in a day or two and not even realize that any time has passed. To me, that's what makes a book an excellent read, and it's my perfect way to practice self-care and to recharge. Another author is Kristen Hanna, more specifically and recently her latest novel, The Four Winds. Over the past year, I've been really struggling to get into and enjoy books, but when I started reading The Four Winds, I couldn't put it down. I was immersed in the lives of the characters just the way I like to be. I was also surprised because I'm usually not one for historical fiction, but something about how this book takes place in the 1930s during the Dust Bowl was fascinating. One final author I'd like to share with you is Mary Alice Monroe, specifically her Beach House series. There is nothing better than a beach escape, and when I can't have one in person, I love visiting the Isle of Palms and seeing characters that have become friends to me over the years. These books never disappoint. If you're looking for your next great read, head on over to Livingston Public Library's blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. Here you'll find lots of book lists and reading recommendations. You can also join one of our book clubs. We have Let's Talk About Books, which meets on Friday, May 14th at 12.45 p.m., Unstuck in Time, which meets on Tuesday, May 25th at 7 p.m., and my book club, Bookish Vibes, which meets on Thursday, May 6th at 7 p.m. At our next meeting, author Susan Wiggs will be joining us through Zoom, and we will be discussing her latest novel, The Lost and Found Bookshop, with her, amongst other things. It's going to be a great time. You can register for any of these book clubs on the library's event calendar at livingstonlibrary.org. A Zoom link and information on how to access the Zoom event will be sent to you the day before the meeting. So make sure you register, and we hope to see you at one of our book club meetings, and we hope to see you soon. Bye. All right, thanks very much, Jessica. And up next to tell us about some music that is especially helpful for her mental health, once again, here's Archana. Hello, I'm librarian Archana. Regarding the question posed for this month's podcast, I wanted to share that I find listening to Indian music of any kind quite uplifting for my mental state. Now, there has been research done which shows that Indian music, especially Indian classical, is based on the concept of ragas, and it has the power to control our emotions in a positive manner. The alignment of the ragas with the time of day and its association with emotions or rasas sets the stage for spiritual and physical healing. So whether it's the strings of the sitar or the sarod or the santur and other instruments or listening to the ragas and the voice of some great Indian vocalists or even devotional songs, I find all of that stress relieving. They help me to focus on the work at hand and keep anxious thoughts away. Now Hoopla has not a large collection in this area, but there is enough for one to start exploring. 
a search under keywords like ragas, Indian classical, artists like Ravi Shankar or Bhakti for devotional music, or even under instruments like the sitar and tabla will bring up samples of some excellent music you can listen to and enjoy. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much, Archana. You know, I never knew uh, that the um, that Indian music was shown to have such a positive effect on people's mental states. So next time I'm feeling anxious, I'm definitely going to have to throw on some Ravi Shankar. So thank you for sharing, Archana. All right. Well, up next, let's welcome back Katie. Hi, everyone. It's Katie. So there's a particular song that I feel has been especially beneficial for my personal mental health, and that is She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones. Um, it was a song that we played at our wedding and always will have a special place in my heart because of that. But it's just a, a beautiful, fun, effervescent song, and it just never um, fails to make me smile and just kind of put me in a better mood. And in fact, anyone who knows me knows that I am not a morning person. So for years, it was actually the song that I would wake up to in the morning because um, it was the only song that I could listen to uh, without uh, eventually hating. So <laughs> even after all those years of waking up to it every day, I still love it and I still find the beauty in it. If you like the Rolling Stones, you can find some of their music on Hoopla Digital available with your Livingston Library card. Thank you, Katie. As for me, I also have some music I'd like to share, but first, there's a book I'd like to talk about. It's called First We Make the Beast Beautiful, A New Journey Through Anxiety by Sarah Wilson. You see, I've dealt with a number of mental health issues for much of my life, especially anxiety, not to mention it's much nastier cousin depression. However, I'm happy to say that over the years I've come to manage those issues fairly well through things like therapy, meditation, and prescription medication. Another thing that's helped me, though, is Sarah Wilson's book, which my mom gifted me a couple, three years ago. Uh, now, the title, First We Make the Beast Beautiful, comes from an old Chinese proverb, which says that before you conquer a beast, you must first make it beautiful. And before I heard that, uh, while I certainly considered anxiety to be a beast, I never really considered trying to make it beautiful before. It does seem counterintuitive, after all. But I do find the ideas in Wilson's book not just intriguing, but extremely helpful in dealing with my own anxiety when I need to. I found that it's a lot easier for me to deal with it when I view it not as some monster that must be beaten into submission, but almost like a friend who, yes, can be kind of annoying, but can also teach me things and be helpful in other ways, as long as I don't let it overwhelm me. Sarah Wilson makes it clear she's not any kind of professional mental health specialist. She's actually a nutritionist, and her book is not necessarily meant to be a work of self-help, per se. It's more of a blend of memoir and philosophy, but there's still a lot of useful advice and compelling ideas that have helped me in this book. And if you think if it might help you, you can check out a print copy from our collection here at the Livingston Library, um, also as an ebook through Overdrive or as an ebook or audiobook on Hoopla Digital, all using your Livingston Library card. Speaking of making the beast beautiful, that reminds me of some music I've used in the past to help improve my mental health, starting with a little band called Nirvana. 
Now, Nirvana started becoming the biggest rock band on earth right around the time when I first started experiencing my own anxiety and depression. And even at that tender young age of 12 or so, I recognized that Nirvana's singer, songwriter, and guitarist Kurt Cobain must have been dealing with those kinds of issues too. So on top of having awesome riffs and super catchy melodies and fascinating lyrics, Nirvana's music offered me some desperately needed catharsis. To be so young and having to cope with such terrifying, even paralyzing afflictions, it was profoundly helpful to know that I wasn't alone and that maybe I too could transform my hurt into art, into something beautiful. Sadly, Kurt Cobain eventually succumbed to his beasts, and yet his band's music has remained a source of comfort to me in times when I've needed it. Because sometimes I feel like the best way to soothe myself is to swim around in angst for a while. Though, of course, most times I want to listen to Nirvana, I just want to rock the heck out. If you want to rock the heck out to some Nirvana, you can go to Hoopla Digital and stream the band's entire catalog, including albums like Nevermind, In Utero, and Unplugged in New York, top-to-bottom classics, all three of them. You can also borrow Nirvana's music on CD through various other Buckles libraries. Granted, when I start feeling sad or anxious, I don't always want to swim around in angst. Sometimes I do prefer music that is actually legitimately soothing. And when that time comes, I often put on music by the French composer Eric Satie. That's E-R-I-K-S-A-T-I-E. My favorite uh, music of his is typically very minimalist, often just a piano playing notes with lots of space between them. And something about those compositions just instantly relaxes me and transports me to a realm where all my worries are just tiny, insignificant specks floating through the galaxy. I especially love when Sati's music is played by a French pianist named Pascal Roger, last name R-O-G-E. I think he is particularly good at finding the delicate, ethereal beauty in those compositions. And you can find a number of recordings of Pascal Roger playing Eric Satie on Hoopla. Well, that's it for our mental health awareness segment of the episode. Once again, let's welcome back Archana to finish telling us about some of the exciting programs coming up on our calendar in May. Hello, library patrons. This is Librarian Archana again with two other virtual library programs that I would like to highlight for May. Now, in time for Memorial Day, we present 10 Astounding Actions Earning a Medal of Honor on the evening of May 17th. The Medal of Honor is the highest military decoration awarded by the United States government. It is bestowed on a member of the U.S. Armed Forces who distinguishes himself or herself conspicuously by gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while engaged in an action against an enemy of the United States. Because of the nature of its criteria, the medal is often awarded posthumously. Now join a presenter from the non-profit organization Victorian Vanities as she highlights some astounding heroics performed by some amazing people who have served in our military and learn about their valorous deeds that led to their earning this highest military honor. We're also thrilled to announce a three-part series called The Story of Opera, presented by composer, conductor and educator Dr. Robert W. Butts. 
Now, opera was a creation of the Baroque period, invented around 1600, and it developed rapidly into one of the world's most popular theatrical forms. The combination of words, music, and drama became immensely popular and spread around the world as opera houses were built and new works created. Many theatre and music elements taken for granted were first developed in opera. Opera remains a popular, expensive, and inspiring theatrical form. This first programme will cover early opera from 1600 to 1800. Musical excerpts will include works by Claudio Monteverdi, Handel, and Mozart. Part 2 of the series in Romantic Opera, covering 1800 to 1890, takes place on June 21st. And Part 3 of the series, covering Modern Opera from 1890 to 2000, is on July 19th. We hope to see you at all these exciting virtual offerings. And until then, bye. All right, thank you, Archana. Before we go, there's a program I'd like to talk about, and it's the next meeting of Unstuck in Time, our virtual book club, where we discuss classic speculative fiction, that is, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, or any literature that deals in the unearthly, the futuristic, the surreal, or the macabre. The next Unstuck in Time meeting will be on Zoom, Tuesday night, May 25th at 7 p.m., and the book we'll be discussing is Toni Morrison's Pulitzer Prize-winning 1987 novel, Beloved. Now, we've discussed many prize-winning books in this club before, but usually those prizes are Hugo or Nebula Awards. I believe this would be our first Pulitzer winner. And in fact, many readers probably wouldn't think of Beloved as falling under the speculative fiction umbrella. But I recently read a very interesting essay published on Tor.com, T-O-R.com, back in 2016, written by an author named Grady Hendrix, an author whose work I was introduced to by our very own Katie. So thank you, Katie. Uh, and Grady Hendrix makes what I think is a very compelling case for why Toni Morrison's American masterpiece, Beloved, ought to be considered a horror story. Hendrix writes, Ghost stories are about one thing, the past. Even the language we use to talk about the past is the language of horror. Memories haunt us. We conjure up the past. We exercise our demons. Beloved is a classic ghost, all-consuming. She is the sins of Setha's past, coming not just to accuse her, but to destroy her. There has been an argument made that Beloved is just a traumatized former slave that Setha projects this ghostly identity onto, but Morrison is unambiguous about Setha's identity. And here Hendrix is quoting the author herself. I realized that the only person really in a place to judge the woman's action would be the dead child, but she couldn't lurk outside the book. I could use the supernatural as a way of explaining or exploring the memory of these events. You can't get away from this bad memory because she is there, sitting at the table, talking to you. No matter what anybody says, we all know that there are ghosts. So that settled it for me. Me being Joe, talking again. Uh, Toni Morrison's Beloved is a ghost story, and a horrific one at that. Ergo, Beloved is a horror story. Of course, that's just one of the topics we can discuss on Zoom on Tuesday night, May 25th at 7 p.m. in the next meeting of Unstuck in Time. Anyone in the galaxy is free to join. You don't even need a Livingston Library card, but you do need to register to get that Zoom link. So make sure you do that 
by clicking on the link to our events calendar on our homepage, livingstonlibrary.org, and then clicking on Unstuck in Time and the box for May 25th. Well, that's about it for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thanks again, dear listener, for tuning in. Don't forget, if you ever want to contribute a segment to the show, feel free to shoot us an email at livysocial, that's L-I-V-I, social, at gmail.com with a short audio clip of your potential contribution. We can't promise it'll make it onto the show or that we can even respond to all submissions. We apologize. We are very busy. But if we do want to include your submission, we will be sure to let you know before the show is released. As always, you can listen and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget, you can follow us all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, not to mention our daily blog, which is at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And of course, we hope you'll come visit us in person since we are now open seven days a week for browsing and borrowing. Though if you prefer contactless pickup, we still offer that service on Mondays and Thursdays. Our website, livingstonlibrary.org, has all our hours, social distancing policies, and other relevant info. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.